the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Welcome to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, episode 195, I think. No, it's 53. And it's me, John Taylor, along with comedian Shan Carr. We've got Dr. Laura Rush and Brad Fur, your gay desert guide at gaydesertguide.com in the house as usual. But we also have some other cool guests coming up. Who's coming up, Shan? Well, we will have Lauren Nile, who is an author and a keynote speaker. Super, I mean, I hate to just add to the list, but gorgeous and smart and totally engaged in the community. And I think we're going to have Dave Perry, who is a PR guy who has his fingers in so many really interesting pots in Palm Springs and in the Bay Area. And then we have a friend of yours coming up too, don't we? Yes, Michael Leon Woolley, who you remember from AJ and the Queen with RuPaul and uh, numerous cartoon characters. He's gonna be talking about some changes in the animation industry and how this uh, epidemic pandemic is affecting Broadway because he's a Broadway dude. He was yeah. uh, Audrey too in Little Shop of Horrors. So he's yeah. gonna be joining us. And so we'll have some fun with Michael Leon Woolley a little bit later on. We definitely have some gorgeousness coming up. He's pretty hot little ticket as well today. So Yes, we're here to make other people look hotter, Shan. <laughs> yes, well, it's not hard. Not hard. Well, so as we like to start uh, our day, and we've been so grateful to have Dr. Laura Rush with us for months now, keeping us in touch and sane and a little bit less freaked out and the last week or so has been a little nerve-wracking for some of us because we've had our feet solidly in the COVID uh, situation. So will you start us out and tell us, like, what's going on there? Yeah. We were we were doing so well out here, but then, you know, Riverside County is, is seeing a big spike out here. The ICUs are approaching their capacity. That has a lot of people very, very nervous, um, and as to be expected. The issue is, you know, with the ICU is even if we are at capacity, it does not mean people won't be able to access hospital or healthcare. Other things can be done within hospitals to make room for, for patients. The good news is we're not running out of ventilators and we're not running out of hospital staff. So everyone else is, is staying, staying pretty well. We're seeing a big increase in cases. Um, we're seeing the cases still coming from places like skilled nursing homes, nursing facilities. The prison is having a big outbreak. As a matter of fact, I think one of the prisons is on a hunger strike because they've got so many people out there that are becoming sick. So we're seeing pockets of it coming from specific areas. The other one is what's happening down in Imperial County, and yeah. they're seeing a huge spike in cases. And those are uh, American citizens coming over the border from Mexico. These are American citizens, and they're coming across the border seeking health care. And that is really hurting the very small community and small hospitals down in Imperial County, they're actually having to send patients out to other hospitals and other areas to assist with the care. So it's got a lot of people nervous. Um, you know, on the other end of the spectrum is how are people handling this? And that's where you're seeing all this talk about wearing a mask and everybody pushing the, wear the mask, wear the mask, whereas a couple months ago was the social distancing and, and stay at home. Um, and now it's, you, you gotta be wearing a mask and because it could not be well controlled. We're seeing, you know, the governor announced yesterday shutting things back down again, shutting yeah. down restaurants, shutting down beaches, museums. Um, it's, it's right before holiday weekend. And this is, this is a hard one. This is a hard one to stomach because a lot of people are just at their peak and they're fed up. 
and they they don't want to do this anymore, especially you know, coming so, into the summer. So many restaurants were set to reopen. Many of the bars, yeah. of course, had reopened. Mm -hmm. uh, some with very mixed. I mean, there were some some people that were not taking this seriously and not doing a good job with social distancing and masking. And we all know who they are. And we all uh, saw it. You could see we, it we, driving down the street. You could well, see it, it on it Palm was, Canyon. You could see it on other streets. Arenas, you could see it on, yeah. you could see it in, in Cathedral City. So unfortunately, um, a few tend to spoil it for many. And right. I think that's part of what we saw, right, Dr. Rush? It's, it's exactly what we saw. And, you know, people were, you know, were quick to blame, you know, that it have a lot to do with the march and the protests. And there have been some pretty good studies that have been coming out showing that there has been very little, if any, transmission of COVID due to the BLM protests. Mm -hmm. Those people were, you know what, wearing a mask. We were there. there. Masks at the we were there. We all had a mask on. We all we were all four at those marches. Absolutely. And this was I mean, this is all over the country that they were, you know, looking at it. But they were looking at its very, very low transmission rate of from people that were there at, at those marches and at the protests. So which is which is a good thing because, you know, people will be quick to cast blame. The bad thing is, yeah, people are not taking this seriously. You see the people that are out there arguing, saying, it's my God-given right to breathe naturally and not wear a mask, or I can't breathe and I have asthma. Um, I, I have never had to write a letter for a patient to not wear a mask because it was going to cause them severe. Or a doctor to ever decide they weren't going to wear a mask because they have asthma. Do doctors with asthma wear masks? I have asthma. <laughs> and you're a doctor. I, I wear a mask every day. I'm at, you know, at work, it is on eight, ten hours a day. When I go out, that mask is on eight to 10 hours a day. And I'm on vacation now. Now I'm not wearing a mask. But if I go to a restaurant or if I go to the gym in the morning, I'm wearing that mask. And it's a little harder to breathe. But you know what? I'd rather it be a little harder to breathe than is. Getting, getting sick. So let's and talk about the, the masks that are the most effective because there's been a lot out there. I know that many of us have uh, some cloth masks, single ply, just a piece of Sure. fabric that covered our faces many of them were designer but they don't have any other kind of protection right um, they're protecting so tell us about other that. people from you so you know you saw there's a, some stuff going on there was one guy who did his own study he took some petri dishes some agar plates and he he coughed he sneezed he sang and he spoke in the vicinity of these agar plates which is you know little round plates yeah. that you use to grow bacteria and viruses and he did one row with a mask on and one row with, without his mask. And he's just showing the difference between what's growing. Now, obviously, it's a small study. It's one, one guy. But he was trying to prove that, hey, just wearing a mask is preventing the stuff from coming out of my face, not what's coming into my body. So by you wearing a mask, if it's preventing those respiratory droplets from infecting somebody else, then that's the whole point of it. And their mask is protecting the, their droplets. Like people don't want to do it because it's not for themselves. That's right. half of the sales pitch that's getting lost is if it's not going to protect me, if it's not about saving me, I don't understand. Well, they kind of feel that, hey, I don't have to wear a mask if everybody else is, you know, because I'm being protected. It's a sort of a selfish way to go about doing it. You know, the, the strongest mask, obviously, is we, we talked about this many times in the beginning, are the yeah. N95 masks. But right. those are for healthcare workers. 
that are coming face to face with sick patients. That's the ones that we're using in the hospital. Those are the ones that a lot of people find in their earthquake kits. So that's mm -hmm. why a lot of people have their own. So those come in an earthquake kit. Yep. But you know, a cloth mask that, that we call them surgical masks. Those are adequate. If, if you're going to a restaurant, the you know the cloth mask that you have your own mm -hmm. with little emblems and designs. Those are fine too. Because you're just protecting. You're protecting yeah, that's what I people. wanted to make sure everybody knew it is, you know, we don't have to, you know, is it okay to wear those kind of, you know, single ply cloth masks? And Absolutely. Yes. Yep. And, Absolutely. Those uh, so are more than colors. adequate. I was with um, uh, 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 Tyler, um, I'm sorry, Tyler Wayne. Uh, my God, now I'm forgetting his first name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> from downtown uh he's right next to michael weems store oh my god um and uh and he's got a, a new collection of really fun face masks that he's put together yeah um and you know they're just they're beautiful if you make it a fashion accessory maybe people will wear it especially exactly. in, in, in palm springs i guess that's you have to just encourage people to use them and then to and it's trevor wayne oh my god how could i do that i just <laughs> and... <laughs> my my poor brain uh, no, I, we've we've seen a lot of uh, on social media. I've seen a lot of people talking about uh, some small study done about uh, people that are on antiretroviral uh, treatment for HIV, and the the scuttlebutt is that it uh, it protects people from getting COVID. Now, so is that scuttlebutt or is that? Science. I haven't seen any formal studies on it, too. So they're looking at the possibility of any antiretroviral activity coming from, yeah, the HIV medications that has some protection against this particular virus. Um, I haven't seen any formal studies yet. I'm there's surprised. A, I mean, there, there are so many studies going on right now. It's hard to keep track of which ones are, are effective. I've been watching the vaccine studies right now. I want to say there's like 179 actual yeah. studies. Um, and about close to 30 that have serious potential right now that are in human trials right now. So th those are um, more specific to what I am, you know, I think is going to help the public in, yeah. in general is getting them vaccine, uh, vaccinated. The, I think Pfizer has one. They just announced that they're, that they're seeing some really good progress with, with the booster on that. I've never seen vaccine studies move so quickly in my life. And the fact that we've got 179, almost 180 actively going right now and almost 30, like I said, in human trials is unheard of seeing as we just started this thing six months ago. So that's where we're supposed to be watching. Let's keep our eye on, on, on getting people vaccinated. But you know what? Like the flu, we're going to have the anti-vaxxers. So, well, oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah. That is their choice, yeah. right? To anti-vax as crazy. So I've been in this fight. I got my COVID test results Friday yeah. and the whole group of us were exposed to somebody who was tested positive for COVID. We were in small rooms with him, with him refusing to wear a mask, with me coughing at me. I picked up my shit and walked out and insulted yeah. everybody in the room, none of whom had a mask on. And, uh, and I have been fighting with them ever since to, they like cannot get that it is a health and safety issue. They fought with me for their right to do other things that would put people in small environments, you know, with lots of other people. Like the idea that I have spent a week being attacked 
and called names because I was trying to watch out for health and safety is just something I was not prepared to have to manage. And at, on my last conversation, when they still did not understand the hazard of it, I expressed that Sesame Street had a version that they might want to check out if I was unable to explain in grown-up words, you know, how it was working. But I will say that not one of any of the people who spent even hours in a small room with him without a mask on, none of us have tested positive. Um, and like, I figure I'm super grateful and I'll take the friggin' win, but now I think they're probably less sure that it is a hazard because they have a whole pack of test results to prove it. Mm -hmm. It's well, it's, it's irresponsible behavior. And to go on by saying, oh, well, see, nobody got sick. You know, you tested negative. There's, it's an interesting article. It's, it was in, I think the New York times this morning or the LA times. And they're talking about some of the results that autopsies are showing on what's happening with patients who have died from COVID and how this disease is not just affecting the lungs, but all of the organs in general. And they're finding these tiny little micro blood clots all over the place from the heart, the lungs, the kidneys, and in some cases, the brain causing strokes, causing neurological disorders, a coma, excessive sleepiness. So we're seeing all kinds of results and patterns, not just the respiratory stuff, but other things that this, that this virus is causing. And it's scary. It's, it, it's really scary what's happening out there. And so to be cavalier about it, I think just shows that they're, they have a gross misunderstanding as to how devastating this disease actually is. How do you so, maintain that level of misunderstanding when it's on every channel all day for four months? It's Well, we're paying attention to it, but a lot of people are just checked out because they want to live in their own world, their own bubble of, hey, I'm fine. Hey, I'm, I am virile and I have, you know, a lot of vitality and I, they think they're invincible, but it's the same thing that, you know, people have irresponsible behavior that, that, that spread STDs, you know, yeah. and it's, it's the same mentality and it, this, I'm untouchable. This isn't going to impact me. This and I don't care if you're untouchable, I'm untouchable. So I'm gonna right. jeopardize you. It's a very selfish attitude. You know, and I, I see a lot of young people going out, they're going to parties, they're having pool parties, um, you know, going out in large groups and, you know, you see what's at the beaches and, and what's happening, you know, what happened in Florida, um, what's happened in Texas. Uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is coming from parties and people being in large groups, hanging out and really not caring and being grossly irresponsible. So one of the things the we talked about this morning in our dog walking group was we've got all these people coming in from LA, San Diego, other places for the weekend. They're going to be at our hotels. They're going to be at the resorts because they can't go out to restaurants and bars in uh, for many people. Um, they will, uh, they will be going to our grocery stores and shopping. So my thought is you better go shopping early this weekend and I would avoid supermarkets over the weekend. I don't know about you. I completely agree. And, and any place where they're going to be gathering too, you know, they're going to be wanting, it's been unseasonably cooler this yeah. week for us. So they're going to be going outside. They're going to be at places like Joshua tree and, and hiking and hike, you know, and the local hiking trails around here and going on bike rides. They're going to be outside as much as they can or, or doing the pools at the hotel. Yeah. 
So I have an, I have an interesting bit of real estate uh, information that's related to COVID. Um, I had two young buyers who made a full price offer on a beautifully restored 1960s condo at the historic racket club villas where Marilyn Monroe was discovered and like unbelievable. And we went to nine vacation rental companies to figure out what they could rent it for. And two things were interesting from the vacation rentals. One was nobody wants to rent a one, a one room condo after four months of sitting alone in their house. Right. Nobody's looking for a one room condo to go sit alone in Palm Springs somewhere. And number two, nobody is renting condos, period, where there's shared swimming pools and jacuzzis and clubhouses. They want a vacation rental house with their own pool and their own space. So if you are an investor and you're looking to buy something, which I'm telling you, the Palm Springs real estate market is on fire. If you want to be able to rent your rental, you might want to buy a small house instead of a condo right now or a condo with a private pool. Now, I've been saying that in, just in my neighborhood here, it's all of the vacation rentals, the homes around me packed. have been packed and, yeah. and filled with partiers every weekend. Yeah. And it's, it's a little concerning because they're loud. They're yeah. loud and you know, I don't know if they're paying attention to the, the, the laws that have people quiet at 10 o'clock at night. But at my, rental com- at my rental community, they sent around a uh, release oh. form because they were opening the pool. Oh. And I did not return it to the office. And two days later, they sent another release out saying, no, nope, we're closing the pool. <laughs> so, oh, you're kidding. Yeah. So I never got to use the pool. But you know what? It's uh, what happens is, yeah, people do. They congregate and they, they get too close. We're, we're, last thing we want to probably touch on, Dr. Rush, before we let you go, and we, we know you're busy having a vacation. I'm vacationing at home. And we thank you for coming on. <laughs> yeah. So as we head into this holiday weekend, what, what are the responsible limits uh, for gatherings that we may have with, uh, you know, the family we have chosen, our closest friends? What's, yeah. what's, what's a manageable compact group? I mean, honestly, I would say keep it under five or six people. Just, yeah. I, you know, this way you could safely distance you know, when I've had a few people over here, at most I've had six people, and I've got a decent-sized yard. We could spread out the chairs and, you know, a couple people in the pool at a time. You know, there's there's no fireworks anywhere. Right. Um, there'll be the illegal fireworks. Of course. But, you know, I I would say if you're, if you're going to have a few people over, keep it really, really small. And because, the, like I said, there's nobody, you don't know where people are coming in contact with this kind of stuff. And we are seeing a spike, so there's more cases of it. Um, and I, I always keep reiterating, even though you had a COVID test that was negative a week ago, a month ago, that is only good for that moment in time. Yep. So it, just because you were negative a week ago does not mean you're still negative today, especially if you've been out and, and about. So you still don't know. So it gave you peace of mind then, myself included. Right. You know, I, we all have to just always operate under the assumption that we are vulnerable at this time. And two so things... A- Go ahead, Brad. Uh, there's a good article that we've just posted on GayDesertGuide.com from the Greater Palm Springs Convention and Visitors Bureau, um, and it is called How to Travel Responsibly in Greater Palm Springs. Okay. We're going to be featuring that on our website all weekend so that people Perfect. coming into town will put it on social media as well, and uh, uh, we'll, uh, of course, uh, you know, let people know what's going on uh, here in Greater Palm Springs. Super. So everyone just needs to still be safe, you know, stay at home, do your own pool thing or 
I, I wish I could say there's more to do. I, even I here on my vacation, I am, I'm home. Well, and I was suggesting to people over this 4th of July weekend, just for three or four days, be your own contact tracer. Write down every single person you came in contact with, every time you went to the grocery store, every time you touched the gas pump, for a weekend. Take a look, even when you're vigilant, at how many contacts you're actually having. I challenge you to be your own contact tracer this weekend. I think it'll... Yeah, it's a great experiment to see just how, how much you're out there. Yeah. Thank you so much, Laura. We right. adore you. You guys Thank have you. a good holiday weekend. Be safe. Next on the show for a first time and maybe one of many, I'd like to welcome Lauren Nile, who is an author, a keynote speaker, and a retired attorney whose goal is to help the human species mature by understanding the profound oneness of humanity. She is the author of Race, My Story, and Humanity's Bottom Line, which you see up on the upper screen. And I have been interacting with Lauren for, I guess I've just really seen her in my vision for just over a year or so. I'm sure we've been crossing paths forever. Mm -hmm. um, but I met you at your women's circle, which is a women's business organization, or I recall finally meeting you at that event. Um, so she has been writing prolifically to a fairly large group of us through this race issue because it is her shining knowledge and she communicates it well. And you've moved me every time with every letter. So I introduce to our audience, Lauren Nile. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks very much. We so have the been, question. Yeah, we, we've, we've basically been asking the same question. And it's how can we do better as allies? And as white Americans, what can white Americans do in this moment? Challenge. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, again, good morning and, and thank you, everyone. Thank you for, for having me um, on the show. Uh, and thank you for the question. You know, I, I know that a number of African Americans have answered the question with, well, you figure it out. I mean, we don't want to have to do that. That's not our responsibility. And I, I, I get that. I get it because it can be exhausting and tiring. Um, but because I'm an educator, it's what I do. I love the question. It's yeah. like, you're asking the question? I have an answer for you. So, um, so I, I, do, I do appreciate the opportunity to, to be able to provide an answer to the question. So I have several um, answers, actually, several things I think what Americans can do and frankly, I think should be doing at this juncture. Um, so, you know, I'll just go through them quickly if you'd like. Um, sure. I mean, at any point, ask questions, interact if you'd like. Would that work? Sure. Yes. Okay. All right. So I've broken it down into two categories. Um, what I want white Americans to know and what I want white Americans to do. Um, and so the first thing um, that I want white Americans to know is that, and I know this is getting a little academic, but honestly, I think it's important information for us as a human species to have. I want white Americans to know that our species was born in Africa, that we are all African. I want white Americans to know that the races, the so-called races of humanity, are simply um, the result of our wonderful human body's ability to adapt to different environments. Between 180 and 90,000 years ago, fully formed modern-day African human beings began walking out of Africa onto what were then existing land bridges and essentially found themselves on six continents, all the continents except Antarctica. And over 20,000 years, uh, those African people slowly adapted to their new environments. 
And so in Europe, they have to lose most of the melanin in their skin in order to allow more vitamin D to be absorbed from the sun. Uh, and I won't go into all the science of it. I've researched the science of it for a long time. But at any rate, what I want people to know is that we're one human family. And if you literally took every European that's alive today and put them in Africa, and every African that's alive today and put them in Europe, in 20,000 years, they would have exchanged physical appearances but their hearts and their minds would still be the same. Um, so I, I really want, want all people really um, to understand that we are one human species, that we are African in our origin, and that we are all very intricately related to each other. So that's, that's the knowledge piece. That's powerful. <laughs> very much so. I think it is. I, I think it, it's yeah. information that we all should know and that we all should have because you know, as um, Dr. David Henry Clark said, who was a, a wonderful, brilliant African-American historian, said many years ago, it's one of the crueler ironies of history that the very parents of humanity, the very parents of humanity, wound up being the most outcast group, you know, on, on the planet, um, the most discriminated against, hated, and despised. And Everyone else on the planet is literally that you are all our children. I'm not saying that to say that Africans are better or superior. I don't believe in superiority of races or inferiority. I'm just saying that's the DNA physiological truth of it all, you know? So yeah, I think there is a power to it too. Is that taught in public school? No. I so wish it were. I and actually, I can't really answer the question now, John, because I don't know. Certainly when I school years ago it never was taught no no being taught in science classes and, and specifically biology classes today i don't know but i have a sense that it probably is because this information has been around for at least 30 25 years now there's not a scientific doubt about it um and so anyone who's studying molecular dna or, or anything like that has to i would think it has to be uh taught today because we finished the entire we finished mapping the entire human genome what 15 or 20 years ago mm -hmm. known it since then we've known it for a long time the dna doesn't lie so i hope that it is being taught at least at least in college level science and what would you like us to do okay well i have i have a list of eight things i'm <laughs> sitting back here we go very 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 quickly <laughs> take notes take notes first I'd like white Americans to stop engaging in aggressions, aggressive, aggressive behaviors toward us, aggressive behaviors of all kinds. Stop following us in public places when we're cycling or, or just taking a walk. Um, also, stop following us when we shop. That happens to me all the time, even though I'm now 66 years old. It still happens to me. It happened to me the other day in rows. When, when I was in a part of the store where there was only big 25-pound 25, 25 bags of rocks, what could I have stolen from that part of the store? Um, stop, please, just stop it. Uh, I'd like you to stop engaging in defensive denial responses. When we tell you about these daily indignities, the common predictable responses are, oh, that happens to everybody. Oh, why are you talking up, talking it up to race? Just stop that, please. It's really hurtful to go through these experiences. And then when we try to tell you about them, be met with that denial defensiveness response. So just stop that. When you see another person engaging in that behavior, call them on it. When you see something, say something. I'm going through it rather quickly um, for time. Oh, you're good. No, that's great. And an hour talking about each of these. Yeah, we might have you um, do that. Oh, okay, be happy Not to. Not today, but I think in subsequent, <laughs> these would be yeah. good things to explore. 
Certainly, love to. And then stop calling the police on us. Stop calling the police on us when we ask you to put your dog on a leash, or when we're entering our apartment building, or when we're barbecuing in the park, or when we're sleeping in our own bed, like Brianna Taylor. And then finally, on this first piece, stop killing us, for God's sake. Stop taking our fathers and our brothers and our nephews and our sisters from us for no reason. Stop it. It's painful. You know what it's like to lose someone dear to you. It's just as painful to us. So that's the first thing. Stop, it, stop engaging in all kinds of aggressive behaviors toward us. Secondly, stop trying to connect with us as an individual um, black person. Stop trying to connect to us on an individual basis as black people. So what I mean by that is see our humanity first. But all of the, oh, let me tell you about the only black kid in my high school. And let me tell you about my black neighbors. And oh, you know what? In the 60s when I was a flight attendant, there was a black flight attendant that, that worked with us. And oh, um, we just saw Johnny Mathis last night. He still got it. <laughs> my God. Be objectified in that way. And can you guess how often that happens? Lauren, can we let me let me just pause yes. this for a second because I, we can equate this. I think as the LGBTQ community, there are and I and I, I know you're you, now you're I'm doing what you just told us not to do in some ways. But aren't there some parallels that we can see here from the LGBTQ perspective? Yes. Haven't yes. we in this in our community also experienced some of these things? We've not, I've not been followed to, in Lowe's. But certainly, you know, I've got a gay friend, you know, or my, you know, my sister has a lesbian friend who she yes. grew up with and we really like her. So I, we still get that, too. Do you find right. that gay people who have experienced that are any less racist and idiotic, even having had the notice of being yeah, going through question. it? Don't you find that gay people are just as yeah. racist as everybody else? Absolutely. To to your question, yes, Shan. And also, Brad, um, I, what I try to do is have people, and when I do workshops and seminars, I try to have people connect with, with, with where their pain is. Yeah. yeah. Try to have people connect to that and say, if you experience any part of this, and I know that as a white American, you probably don't experience being followed around in stores and being stared at in public places. You, you don't get that part of it. Yeah. But this part, I know, as a member of the LGBT community, community I know yes that's something you can definitely identify with oh my gay friend's son you know or or excuse me or whatever it is um so uh yes what I say to people is if you want to try to get better at this and be more informed feel, realize where you hurt and say oh you know what I get that too I'm definitely not going to do that to anybody else yeah. question thanks friend What's number three on the list? Number three, stop making assumptions about our intelligence, about our likes, about our dislikes, about our tastes, our interests, how we grew up. You know, I've experienced that so many times. Oh, where do you guys want to go for dinner? Oh, there's a Chinese place down the street that's pretty good. You, you like Chinese food? It's that kind of stuff. It's that kind of stuff. And can you guess how often that happens? A lot. So understand that we're just, in, we're just people, for God's sake, we're just people. You know, and, and our race doesn't define every single thing about us. So stop making assumptions about how we grew up. Or, oh, growing up in the Baptist church, you probably heard a lot of good gospel music. Well, you know what? I, I, my parents raised me in the Methodist church. I love gospel music, but I was introduced to it as an adult. So those kinds of assumptions that people just make. Got it. Stop that. Number four, 
educate yourselves. Educate yourselves about the history of ancient civilizations in Africa, in the Americas, in India, long before the ascension of Europe began. Educate yourself so that you know that people of color have contributed tremendously to world civilization. Educate yourself about the real history of the oppression of people of color in the Americas. When I do my writings and send them out to my listserv, so many people say to me, I never knew that. I never knew about the Tulsa bombing. I never knew about the black codes. I never... It's easy now that we have the internet. Look the stuff up, you know. Um, fifth, become aware. Become self-aware of your own uh, unconscious bias. We all have it. You know, I mean, I'm sure I have a lot of unconscious bias and a lot of unconscious assumptions about uh, groups that I don't belong to. For example, people who live with disabilities. And I mean, you know, we all have it. Get in touch with whatever your racial um, unconscious biases are because they result in the daily indignities. They result in people being followed around in stores and all of that stuff. Number six, educate other white people. You know, tell them, I want you to take the Harvard IAT test online. It's free. Implicit associations test. I want implicit attitude test. I want you to do the waking up white course. It's important that we do this. And then number seven, continue to be activists. Continue to support us in demonstrations, when we testify before legislative bodies. Con continue to support us when we call for boycotts of businesses. That's a huge one because of the incredible power of the purse. So those are the seven things, each of which I could do a whole course on. But those are things I'd like white Americans to know and I'd like white Americans to do. I want to make sure, because you broke up a little bit about the test that people could take, the basically what you called the waking up white test. Where can people find that? Can you? Sure, sure. Uh, the course is called Waking Up White, and it's online, and it's free. Just Google Waking Up White, and you'll see okay. the curriculum. Okay. Uh, now, that's a pretty sophisticated course, and in my experience, whenever and, and it's only for white people, which I totally support, because there has to be a place where, where white people can feel safe and, and teach each other. And in my experience, whenever there's a group of white people working on unconscious bias and, and all those kinds of issues, it's a very diverse group. There are white people who are who are very well along the path and whose consciousness is pretty darn high. And then there are those white people who are just beginning the process. And so if you're one of those folks who are just now beginning that journey, I wouldn't suggest the Waking Up White course. I, I don't think that that would do you much good at this okay. trying not to, to be patronizing. But you might want to do a sort of a diversity 101 course and then do the Waking Up White curriculum. Okay. And the other was the Harvard IAT test? Yes, it's called the Harvard IAT test, I Implicit Attitudes Test. Um, and it's really good. It's, it's rapid fire, but it chooses, it, it forces you to choose between a white face or black face when certain words appear on the screen. And not only white people, but people of color too have been shocked at the way in which that stuff has gone inside us and the way in which you just choose, associate a white face with good guy, associate a black face with bad guy. It's just, it's incredible. But I think it's the first step for a lot of people. Lauren, so we're going to link to something on our website that is an easy access starter sort of places because I thought those were both the same thing. And now uh, I understand those are two. So would that be a thing that would be good for us to put out there? Absolutely. I think putting the URL to the Harvard IAT test to the Waking Up White course. And also, um, I'd be happy to submit my, uh, I have, I wrote a little piece on what I want white people to know and what I want white people to do. I'd be happy to send you the written version of that as well. You can put that up too, if, if you think it'd be helpful. 
Great. And, and of course, you can buy the, the book. I saw it on Amazon. You can get it there. It's Race, My Story, and Humanity's Bottom Line. Lauren Nile, thank you. And we definitely want to have you back. Yeah, It's a pleasure. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank really you. appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, everybody. And now on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, a good friend and compatriot from Compadre. It is uh, Mr. David Perry from David Perry and Associates. He's an author and consultant, does a lot of PR work. He does a ton of volunteer work, both here in the Palm Springs area as well as in the Bay Area. And now the unmasking of Mr. David Perry. Ahoy! And since it's, you know, 4th of July, red, white, and gay. There you ah. go. <laughs> Somebody knows I know, how to I make practice an entrance. That. No. David, we wanted to bring you on today uh, because you've got some, uh, some exciting news for us, just some updates on some things as well. We are going into this big 4th of July holiday. And, of course, we've been talking about the, the new restrictions and shutdowns here in the greater Palm Springs area. So I want to lead off with that today because... One of the uh, uh, one of your clients is a place that we absolutely adored, and it only got to open for a little while, and that is Asia SF here yeah. in Palm Springs. Yeah, yeah you know, a quick update. Yeah, well, you know, I I like to say that I handled the PR for the biggest opening in Palm Springs in ten years, and it closed a month later. I mean, boy, you can't do better than that. How about that? It was fabulous. Um, it was. Thank you so it much. Was. It was. We were all there, and we we said nice things behind your back. Yeah. Well, that's the first time, but I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, about AGSF. Yeah, great. Yes. Yeah. yes. Well, you know, there's been a lot of rumors out there because the sign has come down out front and someone said, oh, my God, they're closing. They've been rebought. No, there was damage to the sign. I saw it's that. It's been taken down and it's being repaired. I spoke to oh, Larry Hatter yesterday and Aaron. AGSF Palm Springs is definitely coming back in the fall. We don't have an exact date yet because, well, we don't have an exact date for anything. I right. just think we should fold up the 2020 calendar and put it in the drawer. But anyway, mm -hmm. they are coming back. Uh, they're in touch with all the wonderful transgender ladies of HSF. So they wanted to send a big, big hello to everyone. And we look forward to doing a grand reopening there that's even more fabulous. Can't wait. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, and, I, and the nice thing is there is outdoor space there. I know they yeah. can't do shows outside, but... Uh, you know, there's the two outdoor spaces. One is the wedding venue and uh, the event venue. So obviously there's that to potentially reopen. Uh, and then a, a great uh, outdoor space uh, for the Asia SF piece and the, and the lounge. So Yeah, I mean, the Sonoran outdoor space with that pool, it, you know, yeah. it has a fence around it. It's got a bar. It, I think, actually, that it is COVID ready. So, but yeah. like everyone, we're trying to figure out what's next. But I, I'm here to say that Asia SF Palm Springs will be back bigger and more fabulous than ever. Yay. Well, we're really looking forward to that. And uh, so, Dave Perry, also something that you and I are very passionate about is theater, the not-for-profit yeah. theater companies in our community. And I know the theater companies have gotten together and have been meeting. Give us, uh, give our listeners and, and us uh, kind of a lay of the land of what's happening with our theater companies and what we can do to help. Well, you know, thank you for asking that. I mean, you know, before I learned that I was better off stage than on stage, I, <laughs> I studied theater. My degree was in theater. I paid for college by playing piano at a, a lobby bar. I played Misty like 3,000 times. Um, <laughs> the theater community here in Palm Springs is really one of the most vibrant I've ever seen. And what's interesting is it's this wonderful collaboration between union and non-union, equity and non-equity actors. Yeah. You know, the, the theater community is going through COVID in, a, in this incredible way. They're having to rehearse in bubbles. You know, Broadway shows are beginning to think, well, what if someone gets uh, COVID? 
you have to take the whole cast out and bring in a whole new cast. It's not like, okay, well, Shan is John's understudy. Let's bring her in. You got to bring a whole cast. So the theater community in Palm Springs has gotten together. And the one that I represent, Desart Performs, and another, the acapella singing group, Agabella, a bunch of wonderful gay men that, uh, that sang with that music. Their seasons are on hold at the moment, but Desart Performs has not yet announced their season, but there will be a 2020-2021 season. Uh, in a few weeks, I should be able to give you more details. We do know this. COVID hit when they were about to launch their last show, this incredible one-person show called Every Brilliant Thing. So what they're going to do is not cancel it. And of course, what's more socially distant than a one-man show? Right. There's a dirty, jo there's a dirty joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to go there, Shannon. <laughs> and I'm, I'm living it. About it. Uh, we're going to start the next season with Every Brilliant Thing and then the next four shows of uh, Desart Performs. And then Acapella will be doing their Motown show sometime in either late 2020 or early 2021. Yeah, well, they're doing it on Broadway. Uh, I mean, this weekend, uh, streaming with uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. We've got I'm that excited. on our newsletter. You know, I didn't think that I needed yet another subscription for my TV. I mean, I had CBS, Hulu, Netflix, BritBox. Now I got to do Disney because we were supposed to see Hamilton. My husband, Alfredo, doesn't know it. But we had tickets for the week we were supposed to be in San Francisco when COVID hit. Well, didn't see that. So now I'm going to get to see it uh, on my bed with uh, chili cheese Fritos and a crispy rosé. Well, you know that there, Hamilton is uh, also happening at the um, uh, new drive-in theater, Camelot. Oh, it's called yeah. the drive-in. Uh, they're yeah. going to have full concessions, frozen favorites, uh, FM radios. You'll be able to br they broadcast it on FM for your car. Uh, some picnic tables and even some kiddie pools. I know. So all that's happening for sure Hamilton. I, I, I am ashamed as a publicist I didn't know that. I'm going to switch from my bed with Cheetos to the Camelot. So not only is Hamilton happening there on Saturday, but tomorrow the Camelot is doing uh, Christine in the drive-in. And a whole bunch of us from the vintage car groups yep. are driving cars in to sit. I'm going to be sitting in a crazy vintage uh, convertible. And uh, and they're, I think they're going to do some promotional shots and stuff with all the vintage yes. cars at the yeah. drive-in. And, and so yeah, a lot I've of stuff. My, I've got my, uh, my 65 MG. It's a convertible. And I don't know that I'll be able to withstand all the heat of tomorrow evening to make that happen. But many of those cars don't have air conditioning. So. Oh, Brad, it's so funny. You mentioned, boy, that goes back. My brother, who is the most talented mechanic, he could build a car from a knife and fork. He had an MG. And I remember when I was a kid, he would take me in the back in the jump seat. Oh, yeah. You know, and of course, totally illegal. But I mean, boy, that was fun. So my mom and dad, uh, my, my parents were car collectors and still are to this day. Dad has a 59 MG. But when we were younger, one day dad brought in on a trailer a burned out hulk of an MG. It was like a 57, 50, one of the early years and completely restored it. And it had that jump seat area yeah. in the back. So that was our second car when I was growing up as a young kid. I was maybe seven, eight, nine years old. My sister was three, four, five years old. And she would sit in that little jump seat area. And I would sit in the front seat. Of course, none of us wearing seatbelts because they hadn't been invented yet. No, well, you don't I mean, have to worry about it in an MG that didn't run anyway. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. All oh, right. You know that was an electrical fire, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you were so butch and loved cars, Brad. 
I do. Oh, totally. And Me too. John, both of yeah. them are car guys. Those um, those MGs had the electrical system made by a company called Lucas, known as the Prince of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> we want to thank you, David day. Perry, for everything that you're doing. Please keep us informed uh, with uh, with what's going on with Desart and with uh, with your projects and Asia SF. Give our love to uh, the ladies of uh, Asia SF. They're fabulous, and we want to see will. them soon. I will. And before I go real quick, we just came up with a new little PSA we're going to send out. You know, we have our little raccoon we put out there to talk about the three W's. Wash your hands a lot, wear a mask, wait in line six feet apart. To go with that are the three C's that you're talking about this week, that things to avoid. Avoid closed spaces with poor airflow, avoid crowds, and avoid closed conversations, i.e. keep your droplets to yourself. All right. Love it. And Thank the mask you so is back much on. For that. And we'll get that PSA up on our website as soon as you release it to the to the Kraken. All right. Ahoy. <laughs> Ahoy, Bye, Mr. David. Perry. Bye. Bye. Next up, let's find out what's going on. There's a newsletter going out later on today. It's from your gay desert guide, Brad Fur. What you got? Indeed. Today, uh, when we record this, Thursday, July the 2nd, and we are going into the big 4th of July holiday weekend in lockdown again. Um, so, you know, many things are curtailed, but we have all the events that are still happening and a couple of uh, wonderful things. That Hamilton event we talked about earlier uh, as part of the drive-in at the Palm Springs Cultural Center. Hamilton will also be broadcast over the weekend on the Disney Channel, and we'll have details on that too. Uh, there is uh, 4th of July fireworks, the only fireworks display that we know of uh, maybe in the entire county, is being done by the Agua Caliente yeah. Band of Cahuilla Indians. That'll be shot off of, from the uh, Rancho Mirage location. And you should be able to see that in many places around yeah. Greater Palm Springs. We'll have all the details on that. So that's one of our three top events this weekend. Number one, the fireworks. Number two, Hamilton. And number three, we are working with the men events in New York City, Shan Carr in yeah. uh, charge of our fun and games department. We are, um, uh, they're, they're hosting a gay history virtual walking tour of where the Stonewall riots took place 51 years ago. Uh, and that will be coming up soon. And then, Shan, you and I are about to announce a lot of dates for virtual speed dating, trivia, all kinds of things. Scavenger hunts, uh, all kinds hunt. of name that tune. We're doing all kinds of stuff. We're starting a new fun and games department. I'm the chief fun and games officer, which spells C-F-A-G. Uh, oh, C-F-A-G-O. <laughs> I got to have O for officer at the end. I love it. I love it. I didn't know that was, I didn't know there was an acronym for that, but now there is. I didn't either, but it's sort of fitting. A C-F-A-G is maybe the C word with F-A-G on it, and that might be a good nutshell for me. We'll have some fun with it. And the okay. fun games department, always uh, new things to do. And of course, the events calendar, mostly virtual events happening, things at the center, all of that can be found on GayDesertGuide.com. Again, sign up for our newsletter if you haven't uh, thus far. And also check out our website for the latest events calendar, LGBT-friendly businesses and places to uh, dine and sip. Uh, one welcome of a new partner this week, Fiber Seal Desert Inland Empire. Um, they do fabric, carpet, and rug protection, cleaning, and maintenance. And we want to welcome them as a new sponsor 
of Gate as your guide. And our hot deals program this week will include V Wine Lounge, which still has their outdoor area open. And we'll have all the hot deals and everything else happening on GateAsYourGuide.com. Oh, there is so much more. We have another guest in the waiting room. It's somebody who's been on before, and you're going to love them. You ready? Yep. And, you know, we try and leave you on a high note when we do our I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. And we welcome back to our flaming microphones a dear friend from, uh, gosh, Broadway and movies and TV. Right. You may have uh, known and loved him uh, on AJ and the Queen, the Netflix series, or the Disney movie Princess and the Frog, or if you saw him on Broadway as uh, Audrey Two in Little Shop, or he's everywhere. He's ubiqu yeah. ubiquitous. It is the fabulous Michael Leon Woolley. Hello, hello. You good made morning. me sound like, I feel like a professional. Back. Good afternoon, you good evening. Thank you, thank you guys. Good to see you. I feel so professional when you list all my credits like that. Uh, well, I, I, I wouldn't have time to list all of your credits. Now, <laughs> you have, I know you've been working from home uh, yeah. as, as has most of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. But you you had a, have a distinct advantage over a lot of people because of your Thank voice you. acting. Yes, yeah, which has been good, and you know, and uh, I do a lot of animation, and uh, it took a little bit, but the studios found ways to um, they figured out how to get it done and get us to be able to do scenes. Source um, Connect, baby. Source Connect and Zoom. Yes. And um, it's a whole thing. I have two and three screens. And I'm pretty fortunate. I have, you know, a somewhat studio to begin with. I think like most of us, the level of our studios has grown, you know, top notch all yes. of a sudden. Um, which I have to thank John Taylor for. Because yeah. it was John Taylor who set up my studio before then. It was literally a string can and... Um, String and some, some but you know what? With his voice, a Dixie Dixie cup and string is going to sound great because you have a yeah. voice that just shakes the rafters wherever uh, yeah. you go. Now, when you talk about we, we were talking to Lauren Niles, an author and an educator, today about Black Lives Matter and how, what white people can do that's better. And the, the animation and voice acting has has made some strides in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, it's been uh, exciting, and um, you know, uh, I th I think it's just going to continue. I mean, it was kind of a little bit when you know some uh, white people would voice some black characters. It was kind of a little really, but that was like it was that uh, was a few years ago when it was a little like yeah. Uh -huh. um, but uh, um, it's all getting better, and I think it's great. And I think, well, personally, to me, one of the biggest things about it is the princess and the frog and um it has garnered a lot of more attention now than it did before um but uh tell yeah. us that story because i know there's people who just don't even know anything about what or why what the Prince and the frog yeah, yeah. i mean well, it's a place to start yes um uh with disneyland yes and uh disneyland has a rod splash mountain um, in both Disneyland and Disney World that um, was based on the movie The Song of the South, mm -hmm. which is kind of uh, very dated. Yeah. And, um, a little, um, you know... Plantation-y? Plantations, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, is there a tar baby in it? Um, but <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. But the ride at Splash Mountain is based on this movie, and people have been 
petitioning for years. Matter of fact, you can't even find the movie The Song of the South on any Disney kind of platform or anything. It's, no. just, it's just buried, but not at the theme parks. And uh, Disney has finally decided to change the theme of Splash Mountain and turn it into uh, theme it around the princess and the frog. And um, they announced it last Thursday. Disney contacted me earlier in that week. Nice. Um, because you are the signature character that everybody, you know, cheers yeah. for in that be you're, you're Lewis the Alligator playing your trumpet and singing your heart out and scaring the hell out of people <laughs> inadvertently. And it's, it's just a wonderful thing to see this character and you, because you're our, our friend, get this yeah. recognition. And it's just going to, it's awesome. So yeah, and the ride is going to be um, feature Lewis and Tiana on so the cool. whole journey. So it takes place after Tiana has become human again, because she's not going to be a frog in it. But um, yeah, it's nice. It's very exciting. And I'm honored to be, you know, um, a part of that ride. And, uh, you know, I'm honored to be a part of that movie and part of history. Go figure. Yeah. I got goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so it's so awesome. Now, now you have had, I've known a lot of African-American voice actors who are dear friends, and they have been in uh, sessions with directors who were uh, melanin challenged. Yeah. And they have pretty much all told me that they got a certain piece of direction Oh, always. What was yeah. that piece of direction that you would have um, you know, white directors uh, tell you? I think, gosh, it was, um, sometimes it was either, and by the way, I'm, I've got an auditioning for television and film and for Broadway, you know, I've heard the similar um, notes and during uh, uh, auditions, but I'm asked to be a little more ethnic, um, <laughs> a little more urban, uh, urban, a little more sassy. I think those three, sassy. Sassy. Um, but urban, could you be a little more urban? He's a little yeah. more ethnic. The old one, which was, um, this was a couple decades ago, was he's a bit more street. <laughs> you know? um, but that doesn't happen too much these days. And um, uh, you know what I'll say? Um, oh my gosh, we love her. She just retired. Who is it? John Taylor from uh, Voice of Director. Jo um, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Um, Romano, Andrea Romano. Romano, yes, Andrea Romano. I was doing a cartoon for her, and um, I just felt it needed a little, you know, something um, for this character I was doing, but she never asked me for it. And um, But I laid on a little something, and she goes, thank you. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> she didn't want to ask. Uh, but you had, yeah. you actually had a major... Uh, nationwide uh, client of, of, you know, for commercial that asked you to do the opposite. Yes. Um, this was years ago. Um, oh, God. Uh, I've been asked to do many things, but I was asked to be white for a, uh, uh, a commercial. Oh, no. How did you do it, that? Well, it was for Amco. It was a voiceover, and they were doing a demo for this commercial. They called me, and I go to audition and this um, woman's like, um, she's like, Michael, it's very simple. We just need you to say four words, Amco for the love, but we need you to be very white. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I go in the booth and I put the cans on and the words, um, there's a monitor and the commercial runs and the words come up on the screen and I go, Amco for the love. <laughs> and um, 
the people in the booth looked at me like I was crazy. And um, and the woman comes on, she's like, what are you doing? And um, you can do better than that. And I was like, okay. So take two, they show the commercial again, the words come up and I go, Amco, for the love. <laughs> and now I see the Amco people getting pissed and the advertising people getting pissed. And um, the woman comes on, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, listen, I don't know. I'm just trying to do my, my best. I just don't know how to be very white. And she goes, no, no, I said very white. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that is fabulous. No. Oh, my God. And, um, we, couldn't, we couldn't work for 20 minutes. And um, then I went oh back God. Oh. one more time. And the words came up, and I went, Amco, for the love. <laughs> and uh, that commercial ran oh. for three years with Barry oh. White's voice on it. Oh my God! You just made my morning. That yeah. is high school. I, I was wondering where that was going. Me yeah. too. Oh my You'll God! You'll be telling that story later story, today, Michael. Mm-hmm. You'll be telling that story later today. But you can't make stuff like that up. I mean, yeah, that is very, very funny. So I mean, you've seen it all, and the world. yeah, from from a little more street to very white. Uh, and one of the things that you did a few months ago, a couple of months ago, when we were at the beginning of this thing, mm-hmm. when you you he wrote a most beautiful song. Oh my God. Uh, your song was so uh, about about our COVID uh, yeah. pandemic and. Yeah. What? Oh yeah, he wrote a beautiful song. You got the piano there? I, I, it's, I'm at my computer. Uh, is, it, is it on YouTube? Is it YouTube? Yes, it is. Can, it's on so my I'll tell Instagram. You what, we will put the we'll put it up on our uh, Gay Desert Guide uh, uh, homepage because yeah. we have a uh, YouTube video channel on the homepage. I'll put it up there today, and so by the time this podcast is out, you will be able to see. You're uh, a heartfelt, a heartfelt. I'm actually going to write another one. Uh, I'm actually going to write another one this week. I have and that very something else impassioned I want to say. (laughs) Oh, God, I can't wait. Just just whatever you do, don't take a sip of coffee while you're watching it because it's going to come out of your nose. I know. Right. Right? You don't need that to happen. Michael, uh, what's so you've got the um, Princess and the Frog uh, rebranding of Splash Mountain, which is uh, mm-hmm. awesome. Of course, you can see uh, AJ and the Queen. I highly recommend that as great escapist viewing because it's a blast. It was so good. Yeah. Oh, thank I you. I fell in love with you because I, I had only ever heard you on the podcast. So now that I get to lay eyes on you, I definitely have a full-blown crush thank you in a dress at that (laughs) i like you better like this is there anything else in in the in the pipeline that you can talk about because we know that there's ndas and there's things you can't say but uh, and that's always the best stuff yeah Um, i know but um uh you know like like, "Hmm." everyone else i'm um you know waiting to hear uh waiting to get the industry back up again. I, yeah. I have to say my heart goes out to my Broadway community. Yeah. It's really kind of, oh, you know, it's, um, this is really a tough, tough time and it's a tough blow for the rest yeah. of 20, um, 20 and um, into 21. So, yep. um, but so like we're here, we're trying to figure out um, how the industry is going to get back going. And as we all know, you know, the numbers are going back up again. Um, so please everybody hey, 
you Where you uh, did you did the big fat Christmas show uh, every year, and uh, hopefully it'll happen this year. Uh, but you you've been helping out this um, uh, mission in uh, in the valley. They just got a huge donation. Certainly did. I was there the other day. Um, um, uh, Alex Trebek came by. He called Ken Kraft. Hope of the Valley is a mission that does extraordinary work for the homeless um, here in um, in uh, San Fernando Valley area and around Los Angeles. And Alex Trebek called. And there's a new facility they're opening called the Bridge, which will sleep 250 people about. And um, Alex Trebek came over to see the um, new facility, um, and um, he toured it. And he was a big fan of Hope of the Valley. And at the very end handed um, Ken Kraft, the head of Hope of the Valley, a check for $500,000. Wow. Okay. That's what it takes. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a tip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give Alex yeah. my address. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he was gracious. You know, he, yeah. he gave $100,000 a few months ago, but um, he, like I, was has been really impressed by the work that Hope of the Valley does. But Hope you've been Valley. you've been hands you've been like boots on the ground with them, actually volunteering at the shelter and doing your fundraiser. You do some great stuff, and we're yeah. proud that you're our friend. Oh, thank you. You know, it's good to do. You know, we're All not right. alone on this planet. Wear your damn mask. Wear your damn mask. <laughs> thank you, honey. Glad to see you again. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Michael. Be safe. We will. You too. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Well, on that note, it's been a fabulous show. We want to thank Michael Leon Woolley for being on, Lauren Nile, and I believe she is going to definitely going to come back onto this program, David That's Perry, and of course, Dr. Laura Rush for keeping us informed of what's going on with uh, the pandemic. And Shan, thank you so much. And Brad. Your Gay Desert Guide. I am here and our newsletter, GayDesertGuide.com. We ask you to subscribe and follow us on social media at Gay Desert Guide and also at I Love Gay Palm Springs. What a great show. What a bunch of great guests. And we're all just trucking through this COVID stuff together. So keep on your mask. Wash your hands. Don't be in big crowds or enclosed rooms. We love you. Wear your freaking mask. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com.